<laughs> just because you're busy doesn't yeah. mean that you're in the grind culture, but the grind no. culture is more of the emotional it mindset. It just doesn't define me anymore. Yes. The it's not just running. It's not running my life anymore. Yeah. And it's because my identity is in him first. Yeah. And because I, he's opened my eyes into how like I need to care for myself and who he's created me to be mm. and what that person needs that I don't, I cannot let it define me anymore. Welcome to the Light Switch Podcast by Luminate Student Ministries, a place for the skeptic, the Bible believer, as well as everyone in between. As you know, our world is often in the dark. Our hope is to flip the switch on topics surrounding biblical engagement, apologetic arguments, spiritual formation, and emotional wellness. We want Jesus Christ to illuminate every aspect of your life so that you can shine the light of Christ in every situation. everyone, Pastor Aaron here. Welcome to the Light Switch Podcast. This is one of our emotional wellness episodes where we will be confronting the topic of the grind. Now you may be asking, what does the grind even mean? The grind, some people call it grind culture, is the glamorization of working ourselves to the bone to earn success, achievement, and excellence at all costs. Essentially, The grind is toxic productivity, running ourselves to the point of burnout where we might have all the things we set our mind to, but feel like an empty, numb, stressed, and anxious person inside. Whether it is striving for a promotion, getting perfect grades, being the best at athletics, or being the picture-perfect volunteer that just can't say no, we have to ask ourselves, is how I'm living now sustainable? Grind culture is woven in the fabric of our society and has proven to be emotionally, physically, and spiritually unsustainable, full of false promises. Grand culture presents us three temptations, which we will touch on throughout this episode. These three things come from the book Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, which I highly recommend. And the first one is, I am what I do, the temptation of performance. I am what I have, the temptation of possession. I am what others think of me, the temptation of popularity. This episode is really special too because it is a personal interview and we will listen to the perspective in the story of a college student who will reveal to us her experience and help us reframe ways we can conquer it and live in the freedom that Jesus offers. So without further ado, I am so happy to introduce quite a special guest to me, Elizabeth Solis. Elizabeth, thank you for coming on the podcast. Please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on here. I am super stoked. Um, Yeah, I'm a college student in my junior year. I enjoy traveling. Yes. And I am a part of a college ministry called The Salt Company in Ann Arbor. And I'm going to go on a mission with them this summer. So a future missionary. Yes, that's so cool. You've been to a lot of really incredible places on your own with people. And now you're going to add a different country for, what, six months? Two months. Two months. Oh, (laughs) 
Hermann's ex, or the same thing. <laughs> um, and we have a little bit of a unique history here between you and I. I came into uh, Keystone, the student ministry, um, as a resident, and you were a high school student during that time. And we, I think it's fair to say, that we had a lot of experiences together, but in hindsight, I can say we really didn't know each other intimately. I would agree, yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting how you can have that with people that you can see frequently, but not really get to know them, and I think that was the case with us. Yeah, I agree. It's changed in the last couple of months that uh, we kind of reconnected here. Um, So this is an emotional wellness episode. I want people to get at least an initial scope of who you are, how you approach uh, your emotions, and let's just understand your personality a little bit. Uh, two rapid fire questions: Words. Are you <laughs> are you type A or type B? Structured, unstructured. I am definitely type B. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have a tendency to be impulsive and. I have to force myself to have structure in my life because of my natural tendencies. Gotcha. Love it. Are you an introvert or extrovert? I am actually introverted, which is a large change from my former self in the last few years. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really not. We'll discover it's not a change at all. It's just you. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Being authentic. (laughs) Being authentic. Yeah. Right. Um, so the structure of this podcast, we're going to do, we're going to hear about Elizabeth's story, her perspective from when she was in high school, what she was involved in, the things that she has experienced as it relates to the temptations that come with the grind. We're going to move from high school Elizabeth to college Elizabeth and see where some pitfalls fell into her life and see how God carried her through and get to know just the hope that she has now and uh, we're excited about it so we're just gonna jump in and go ahead and hear from elizabeth's story now so here's a loaded question and I guess this is a, a little bit of a uh, purposefully loaded question, but <laughs> what were your priorities in high school? Yeah. So Who were you in high school? When Erin called me to ask me to be on this podcast, <laughs> she said, it's titled um, The Grind. And then we, I laughed, and then she laughed, and we just laughed. Because we just knew. We just knew. Um, <laughs> um, but help yeah. us understand. Yeah, when I was yeah. in high school... I did everything and anything, and I was doing way too much. Mm. I was so over-involved. I was taking all the AP classes. Well, not all of them, but you know what I'm saying. A I was, lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I was I was a leader in all of those clubs that I had been a part of, you know. Like, I was in advanced classes and even, like, extracurriculars as well, you know, marching band or um, – I was on water the water polo team and, you know, varsity and whatnot. And um, even being in wind ensemble, which is like our highest band, you know, and then taking leadership positions in those and being our class secretary, you know, an officer and yeah. NHS and you name it, I was probably in it. Um, and I was just, it just caused me so much burnout beyond belief. But I was 
in terms of like my priorities you know I wanted I wanted to like be enough and I was trying to do everything to prove that I was enough Hmm. um, to all the wrong things Hmm. and to all the things that were honestly apart from the kingdom Hmm. and it led to so much hurt and so much pain and and a lot of things that just that caused me and other people so much hurt and I think too a part of my identity and I'm sure there are many people who can relate to this but was where I was going to college you know um that was I mean I talked to my mom even (laughs) about this podcast (laughs) and I was like hey man she keeps me humble (laughs) Christine thank you um (laughs) you're the only person truly that I know who refers to her mom by her first name and Vern (laughs) your father yeah um (laughs) shout out Christine and Vern um but she was like you just care she was like that was your everything Hmm. was where I was going to college and it's true it uh, it a hundred percent is true um and so I honestly that that was what my priorities were at that time so this is what I want to dive into is the why behind the emotional grind of it all. So at the beginning of this podcast, I, I stated those three things, those three temptations. It is, I am what I do, I am what I have, and I am what others think of me. Now, if I am remembering you correctly, and you're sitting here in front of me. We've had multiple meetings before this episode. <laughs> but I would say the two for you that you were really holding on very tightly to were I am what I do mm-hmm. and I am what other people think of me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I sought out validation in, in everything and everyone else except for God. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that... I wanted I I wanted an identity and I just couldn't find one, you know. So where do you think the the height of getting into a good college mm-hmm. of performing until you're burnt out, mm-hmm. being involved in all the clubs so you can get a certain outcome? Where do you think that started in you? Was that pressure from not saying anything poorly of your family, but was that pressure from the home or your the school system you were in? If you could identify how that came about, what would that be? Um, yeah, for sure. My, I feel very blessed to have this situation, but my family was like the opposite hmm. of being of pressuring me. In fact, they were trying to tell me to slow down. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it was definitely not them, and it wasn't that they were putting pressure on me in that way, shape, or form. Um, the high school that I went to easily was probably, like, the biggest factor in it, you know, like, to be sitting with these people, to be, you know, like, in those crews, in those cliques, like, feeling I was enough in comparison. I, I really let comparison dictate my entire life. Oh, man. It, that whole time. Um, and I would just say that that was probably, like, the biggest factor was both, like, people-pleasing and and the school system that I went to because it was – there's a lot of pressure in that school system to to be the best and right. nothing less. Like you're looking at everybody else and you see what you don't have or what you're not doing. So we've talked about the priorities and that was anything that you could achieve, anything that you could do. It wasn't a state of being. 
character development wasn't your focus. It was the... It was definitely not my focus. <laughs> it was what could I do to achieve what I thought to be the biggest goal that I could ever achieve is getting into Yeah, and just like college. what I was lacking, mm. what I thought I was lacking. You know, I, I honestly didn't view things as like giftedness. You know, we talk about spiritual gifts. I didn't view them as that, but it was like, what did I not have? And then I needed to go chase after that so yeah. that I could be that. Yeah. So that nobody could find fault with, you know, like all... Because you are what other people think of you. Exactly. That's exactly who I was. It was It was these thought, emotional, (laughs) cognitive distortions that we talked about in some other episodes that were the controlling narrative of your life. It was the end-all, be-all for you. Yeah. If I'm not doing enough, then I'm not being anything. Yeah. Um, And personally, as, as I mentioned, as a resident, as someone who is studying to be a pastor I saw some signs of that in you but then I was even working that at that myself I didn't see fully through the facade that you were raising yeah because I was trying to I was thinking of the same things myself of I am Mm. what I do I'm trying to be the best pastor from at least a surface level which I didn't even accomplish (laughs) and I I couldn't fully see you because I even had my own mm. cognitive distortions that were controlling a narrative in my mind that I wasn't the best pastor to you in that time. We reconciled through this conversation, and I'm super grateful for that. Um, to Vice have, versa. <laughs> you know, to have that time where we can put this out in the open. But So I was not the best person, the best helpful person to you in that time. So let's talk about who were some people that helped lift you up, talk some sense into you, regardless if you listened to them or not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the early time, like when I entered into student ministry, um, the pastor of the ministry at the time, his name's Joshua Curry. And then in my high school days, um, he switched over to being the worship pastor. Um, but he was one of the like most positive influences on my life like really took me under his wing and I'm so grateful for everything he poured into me um he really he held me accountable but he like cared for me in a way that I needed and that I trusted I never once like really just had to question that he cared about me and so when he did push me you know I knew that that was coming from a place of love and I think honestly he was one of the few people in my life that I could hear from Mm. um so I would definitely say him. Um, Rachel Alyssa, who very early on was my my small group leader in church, um, but then became kind of like this older sister figure in my life. She yeah. is the bomb.com. Yeah. Um, and she's actually a teacher now, like in this area, which is super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, anyways, so she she was an older sister figure, and she would she was somebody that would call me out you know (laughs) I vaguely remember her she's a very direct person she is and she's (laughs) incredible and like the most fun loving person ever I love her um so I would say those two for sure um there were a couple teachers of mine that would also like one of my teachers sat me down one day Mm. and he said I need you to write out every single thing that you're a part of right now wow and I was like okay (laughs) and so I, I wrote down all the leaders, and this was my junior year, all right? So this yeah. is the height. Oh, yeah. This is the height of everything. Oh, I'm in yeah. those AP courses, like, 
and this is an AP teacher actually. Mm-hmm. So he sat me down and he said, you need to write out everything that you are a part of right now. And I said, okay. And so I wrote down everything and, um, and all the lead and that included like the leadership roles too, because mm-hmm. it was also junior year. Yeah. And so he looked at me and he said, if I was your dad, I would take away your car keys right now until you took like two to three of those things off the list. Wow. <laughs> um, what did that feel like him saying that? You know, part of me was like, oh my gosh, like this is funny. Like, <laughs> like he's, he's like, if I was your dad, you know? Um, but the other part of it, that honestly made me feel really cared for. Hmm. Like somebody was like looking out for my like well-being. And even though I couldn't like hear a lot, a lot of things like and really take them to heart, like they were going through my ears, but I couldn't hear them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He really just like he opened my eyes to I think that was a huge turning point. I think I was starting to realize that it was just like too much. And that was one of the few times that I felt like I was in the present moment during high school. Something that I think is really important that your teacher did was he noticed you and he focused on you. And he was like, oh, here's not just another student going through our school district who is going to end up the same way. But I'm choosing to recognize something in Elizabeth right now. And you said that with Josh and Rachel, um, your small group leader. So you have a healthy mix of people who you saw with consistency, and that would be your church leaders. And then you saw every single day, and that would be your family and your teacher. Yeah, and my parents did try to, like, you know. But in high school, I wasn't going to listen to Of course not. You're a high schooler. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, I was just like, I have to, like, my life in high school, we like to joke about it now, but... They never knew when I was coming home. Hmm. Like, I would be gone from probably, like, 6.30 in the morning, and I would probably come back on average at around 7 or 8 p.m. Which is why I asked you the question and wanted to talk about your personality now. Oh, yeah. Because something that truly, when we sat down and talked about the outline of this episode, (laughs) I was genuinely shocked about something. Yeah. And I always have thought that you were an extrovert Mm -hmm. why did I think that because you're always doing stuff with people Uh, yeah (laughs) and this is again what I self-revealed just moments ago was I truly wasn't seeing you because I had a perception of you that was truly a facade you were putting on a facade I really was yeah and so let's just think about this okay (laughs) you are you've always been an introvert but you have always been functioning, at least on the high school level, as an extrovert. Yeah. Someone who is always constantly doing stuff around people, not yeah. taking breaks. You are constantly, you were a co- constantly trying to achieve something and doing something. And then you came home at the end of the day. What did that look like for you when you came home? When I came home at the end of the day, to be honest, like, I could my sleep schedule was so inconsistent mm. um there would be nights that I would just like stay up <laughs> till like 4 30 in the morning and then go to school wow. at, like like leave at like 6 30 because I was like cramming for a test or whatnot but in actuality I didn't need to do that it wasn't that I needed to do that um 
it was because I couldn't sleep. Like I, I couldn't sleep. I was processing through all the things, but immediately I would put in my headphones. Mm. Um, my headphones, at, like honestly up until like last year, like early last year, they were my everything because they were how I coped because that was how I shut out the world. Cause it was like when I had those in, it was like, there was nobody else that I had to think about. There was nobody else that like, was on my mind. And I could just like, honestly, just disassociate. Just disassociate. And I would do that so much. Like walking through the halls in between classes, uh, like everywhere I went, the moment I could, I would put in my headphones. And like my parents were confused because there were times too where I would get up at 4.30 and I would go on really long walks. Interesting, yeah. Like just like around the neighborhood, just like. And honestly, like, in hindsight, those were for me to, like, attempt to regulate. Oh. <laughs> like, I, I had, I couldn't process through anything that was going on because, because I actually am an introvert, you know, those sort of things, they drain me. Yeah. And so I didn't know that I needed recharging. I didn't know what I needed. And so it was the only thing that, that would keep me going. So. So you, what yeah. about your days as just, like drudgery of I felt like a zombie you felt like a zombie <laughs> yeah oh, man. <laughs> like a zombie who was supposedly like a model picture you know like trying to do everything but it was like I was when I think about my time and like in that state I just feel like I'm I'm surviving like I'm just trying to survive yeah and I not probably not ever felt like I was actually thriving in high school you know what that we <laughs> talked about this in one of our episodes it's actually a two-part episode it is thinking about my thoughts mm. if you're listening to this go listen to those episodes we talk about this Elizabeth <laughs> you are not in a ventral state <laughs> and that is the state of social connection of regulation and you were predominantly for the four years you're in high school in the sympathetic and task oriented fight or flight mode you have yeah. to solve this you have very strong emotions and feelings or you were in this dorsal state where you yeah. felt oh, I have to stay up yeah and there until 4 30 and I feel numb and yeah I don't want to think about anything I want to put my headphones and I don't like I just wanted to shut yeah. out the world and the and the other part too is that I was there were a few like things that like health concerns that my family were really going through at that yeah. time and I was also dealing with a lot of church hurt as well yes um which made me disconnect <laughs> from the community that if at a healthy state I would have really needed um but that being said I could there was a lot of things that I felt like I couldn't talk about mm-hmm. um and or that I just wouldn't talk about um so I think I think putting in the headphones really helped me to just like cope with a lot of the things that I really wasn't emotionally processing or dealing with. So let's sum time. this up a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, you had absolutely no consistency apart from the things that you had to be at. That's yes. Band practice. That is school. Obviously, that is leadership commitments. That is uh, water polo. Uh, you had no consistent sleep schedule, which is one of the most yeah. biggest linchpins for emotional regulation. Uh, you were not caring for yourself probably in any, obviously in any emotional, physical way. Um, you had over-involvement and you were going through, as you just told us, family struggles um, of different sorts. Um, and 
But the good thing is that you got all A's, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, everything's okay. So Yeah, everything's okay because you got all A's, you're achieving, and you're grinding it My out. transcript looks great. Your My resume is stacked. You know, Elizabeth, this is why I'm so excited for this, that we're talking about this, because I know that there are a fair amount of parents that listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. And we also have students, we have college students that listen to this podcast as well. But what you have done to take the emotional awareness Mm -hmm. to look back and confront your past in high school and saying, wow, this is what was going on with me in hindsight. You're speaking light into that situation for the people going through that now. And I hope that those listening (laughs) will either see themselves in Elizabeth (laughs) in her past and just say wow that is me and and look at this as a as an opportunity to reflect on what can change going forward Hmm. but we talked about high school elizabeth for a while we got a good picture of who you were back then you were overly involved you were achieving you're very smart um and obviously very capable of handling a lot from the surface right (laughs) you're like no i'm an emotional wreck Oh, man. Well, I mean, I I think there's one more thing that I I think I feel like I should touch on, too, is that in that time, um, because I wasn't emotionally processing anything, it really led to a bad relationship with body image and eating as Mm. well. And honestly, that was like my only, I think, form of control from a lot of things in my life that I had really no control over. and that being said, that was another, like, honestly just a sign that I was struggling. Um, but that was something that I I really didn't, I wasn't talking about it. And I really should have. And it took me a long time to realize that it was even a problem, too. Hmm. I'm sorry to hear that. And that's when it comes into those key influences in, yeah. your, in your life. And the, the few that knew, like Josh knew, yeah. and he would... You know, he would love me well, but, you know, also try to push me towards healing and ultimately Jesus, (laughs) because that's really what I needed this whole time, you know, Mm. for everything to be taken out of context and to be put put back into the present moment. It took another person for you to connect with Mm -hmm. to regulate yourself, even if it didn't fix your problem, it it brought hope into the situation of someone hears me, someone yeah. sees me, someone cares about me. Yeah, and it was even that teacher, Josh, Rachel, like those were people at that time who I can remember those things very vividly. Yeah. There's a lot that I, I have, and we've talked about this, I have a very hard time like remembering things are very hazy, mm. especially during the time of, of my family's health issues. Like, yeah. Even during those times, like I have, I have a really hard time, just just remembering things overall. But it is in those moments that I can remember exactly what they said to me, like that story I just told, you That's know, because powerful. they like they brought me out of that haze, that zombie state yep. that like I was living under, and I was able to just like be in the present moment. And that's something I I really struggled with and uh, hurt a lot of relationships with, like in high school and beyond. Um, until I really was realized like what I needed 
you know, and was able to start regulating and taking my space and setting my boundaries. Mm. Boundaries are important. (laughs) (laughs) They matter. Boundaries do matter. They do matter. (laughs) Yes. to know the high school Elizabeth um, a little bit. Now let's go into current college, right? So you uh, graduated 2020, right? Yeah, I graduated high school. Yeah, graduated high school in 2020. And of course, that's an infamous year. And it, it looked very different for you going into college. So here we have the story that everything that you were working for (laughs) is basically ruined because of of a pandemic so talk about how that looked for you yeah so that was when my life absolutely fell to shambles um you know I had gotten into like the prestigious school which uh spoiler alert I transferred away from oh snap oh snap (laughs) Um, but I had I had gotten to the school honestly like I had like a normal senior year up until March in that sense like I had a band camp yeah you know you know um but that was so rough because all of the structure that I had in my life was just immediately ripped away from me yeah um so the thing that I was so heavily like depending on like uh it was just absolutely ripped away and when i tell you i was a wreck that is such an understatement Um, can you can you dive a little bit into what that looked like yeah i mean the sleep schedule if it was bad before it was non-existent during shutdown (laughs) yeah like i mean my headphones were in all the time because again when i didn't want to like deal with something or i just needed like i wasn't that was my way of coping yeah. and just a disassociating because I didn't want to be in the present at all during that time. And especially. you were all online at this point. As we well. were online, yes. Um, on the bright side, like, it was nice to not have to, like, deal with the senior year APs. But yeah. on the not-so-bright side, like, AP testing that year was an absolute train wreck <laughs> <laughs> um, because they were all online and it was just... Trying to figure it out. It was out. so bad. Um that's a tangent but basically yeah. like everything that everything was just taken away in that point in time yeah and so I was a mess and um I think that's that summer easily was one of the lowest points of my life um not only was I hurting so many people like that I honestly didn't real like there some of it I didn't realize but like you know I I was hurting a lot of people like with this issue but this issue is becoming at such a height and such a peak mm-hmm. um like and when i say issue to clarify i really mean like the the body image the eating disorder um that sort of thing yeah and it was it was so rough and you know i ended up getting help and um relying on that but then i transitioned into college in a yeah. very rocky very 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 rocky point yeah. Um, and so to say that I like was seeking validation from anyone and everything at that point in time 
that was all I had, you know, mm. because it was just I was just in such a bad, such a bad spot. Um, and so that made the, co- the transition to college like pretty, pretty tough, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a general statement to say it was not easy for anybody during that time. Mm-hmm. But it was you were dealing with these things. You had this uh, all these distortions going on in your head that came to a heightened spot. Yeah. There's also uh, a little bit of a bigger story here in yeah. your college experience, and that is you coming back yeah. into finding Jesus. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. I mean, I was in a tough spot up until early last year, which is 2022, so like early then. Um also a very very vulnerable and rocky time in my life mm. um i had gotten out of a very painful situation um mm. which was then followed by more hurt um and more broken relationships and honestly that summer was the first time i ever went really quiet and like was like alone and it, I had, like, the support system that I needed, so it wasn't like I was not talking in, in the sense, but um, I was, it was in a very tough spot. And so I got this job as a camp counselor, which it was, like, a dream of mine, so yeah. I was really happy to, like, actually have the opportunity to fulfill that. Um, but for the first time in my life, I really learned what it meant to just, like, depend on God because when you are in such a low low spot and you're going through depressions that you've never felt and mm. and anxieties that you've never felt before um that was like my comeback to Jesus moment almost was just like crying out yeah and there were times too where I was like if you're there if you're up there mm. are you up there you know and so he kind of guided me into this this camp counseling job and it was there that I learned what healthy friendships look like mm. and it was it was incredible um, and it started to like open up and chip away at some damage that had been done. Um, and then basically September, I go back to school. I'm in a new place, you know, I'm living on my own, which side note, best thing ever. Um, <laughs> You're like, finally, I can introvert. I am living my best life. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Yes. Um, but I, I went to this, <laughs> this one time at a triathlon. Um, you know, I had a friend who was actually also a part of this church and he asked me that summer and he said, how can I be praying for you? Mm. And I said, cause I was just starting to like be okay with saying God again and wow. like talking about him. Um, I was yeah. in a pretty, again, shaky spot. And yeah. so he, he was like, how can I be praying for you? And they all started with C's. I don't know why, but I just said clarity, like what am I doing next? Because mm. I have no idea what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, continued growth for sure, and then uh, my sense of community, again, from previous church hurt and church burn um, was really skewed, and so I just said to him, I was like, I think I'm starting to open up to the idea of community again, but, you know, that freaks me out. I don't know if it can even be good, and so about a month later, I went to this triathlon, and I woke up that morning, and I didn't want to go, and so I was laying there, like, waiting for this, like, gut-wrenching, like, Holy Spirit, (laughs) 
don't go to this triathlon. Oh, okay, I'll just go back to bed. You know? A dove to a sin. Yeah. And I was laying there, and I was like, nope. <laughs> Nothing's there. Yeah. I even, like, went to my parents' house, like, kind of hoping they'd coddle me out of it. And they were like, no, just go. You'll feel better afterwards. And I was like, dang. So <laughs> I went to this triathlon, and I met this girl who was a part of a church plant in Ann Arbor there, Ooh. coincidentally. Mm-hmm. And I mustered up the courage to talk to her. And just to ask to take her picture, and that's where the conversation started. And she is now, like, a mentor of mine. Yeah. Um, And it's such a cool story because this place has totally transformed my life. Um, But basically, like I said, the Salt Network earlier. Yeah. um, It's a college ministry that's in Ann Arbor, part of a bigger church plant uh, called Treeline Church. And, yeah, I, uh, I went there, and... I just looked around the room at all the students my age just like worshiping and I was almost brought to tears just Mm. like I didn't know it could be this good Mm. and it I had a I had a lot of burnout with worship previously too and it just that was like the first thing I did yes um and it just totally healed my relationship with worship too which was so good and people were just like seeking me out and it it really it was really tough in a sense because this was new territory for me to like be vulnerable again and to open up in that sense um and it is something I still am working on but like man did I I had no clue that community could look like this and it completely transformed my life and the Lord just like swooped in (laughs) and it's honestly like the first time even though I was a part of church you know my whole life and my mom was a big part of it um it felt like the first time in a sense that I was a real Christian and just on fire for Jesus, man. He just swooped in and broke my heart down and chipped away at that stone, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and then, you know, lo, lo and behold, they they wanted me to go on mission, and I, I said yes. And, man, my relationship has totally changed, and my love for him has totally changed too. His grace is so good. That's an incredible part of your story. And I think that's so relatable in that we, growing up, you were always here. You know, I I was. It was very rare that you were not at youth group. Yeah. Or that you were not serving in the Sunday morning service in some capacity. Yeah. um, Or that you were just not present there. It was very rare. But that's the thing is we can do feel like we're doing so much you know for jesus for the church but then totally forget about being with him and knowing him and clearly you you see that and you identify that in your story yeah man yeah he's been so good and i'm just i'm so grateful Mm. yeah we've identified what grind culture is it is the, some can say, the endless hurry of accomplishment. It is the seeking after things. It is the trying to fulfill an identity that will just fall through the cracks because you're putting your dependence on something else that can be achieved. Um, we've talked about Elizabeth, who Elizabeth was in high school, all the things that she was involved in, all the symptoms that came from over-involvement of not being emotionally aware of herself of having an emotionally unaware relationship with Jesus 
then we see um, these symptoms heighten her identity lost but then her by the grace of God coming back into relationship with Jesus and understanding emotions not apart from knowing God but a vital aspect of what it means to dwell with our living God wow I see all these things in myself of the I am what I do the temptation of performance I am what I have the temptation of possession and I am what other people think of me and that's the temptation of popularity as you see this play out in your life for those who are listening and for you Elizabeth what do you desire for people listening to know about God you know um going back into community I was very scared uh the last and this is not that long ago you know so yeah um I was very scared about everything that I had done you know in that like horrible summer but even like the year and a half like following that was the furthest I'd honestly ever been from God and just living in complete and awful sin um and so you know I was like I dealt with a lot of lies of like who are you to say you're a Christian who are you to proclaim my name who Mm. are you you know um yeah and so I think if anything there's nothing that he isn't capable of healing of Mm. or from um and I could have never imagined that the Prince of Peace would just provide me such a level of peace that I just had no idea I could experience and a level of joy that I didn't think I'd ever get to again, uh, but even just beyond. My perception of joy is completely different than what it used to be because of him and his grace. Um, I think if anything else, the Lord is ultimately the one who gives our identity um, and that when we are obedient and disciplined in him, we actually find a lot of freedom. Yeah, that's incredible. Now, how, as we uh, talk about like the antidote to these temptations, right? It is the performance, possession, and popular uh, culture uh, with humility and dependence on Christ, how do we realize those things? How do we understand, take time to understand our identity in Christ, that God is our peace? It's not headphones. No. <laughs> it's not been watching on Netflix. It is not those AirPods. It is not getting straight A's. It's not getting Water Polo Captain. It is not no. NHS. You know, no. it, uh, how do we un- take time to understand what are some practical things that you are practicing now yeah uh so i think one thing that i that i had to do was i said i was type b so for me i have to have structure in my life or (laughs) i am a mess but that structure doesn't mean that i have to go play water polo or you know like do pursue something it just means that i have to be disciplined in my habits yeah and so for me i have to I like have to spend time in the word and I have to spend time in reflection in the morning so that I can emotionally regulate and be in tune with myself. Um, So that is huge. The other thing that I would say is prioritizing the Sabbath. Mm. Um, In college and in high school, 
uh, I think that this is really downplayed a lot because, you know, a lot of things are either due Monday morning or Sunday at 11.59 p.m. Oof. And at 11.59 p.m. Usually, I, I'm just You get saying. it in at 11.58. <laughs> hey, man. Respect the crime. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but I think something that is so easy to fall into is that is procrastination. Um, yeah. And just letting letting those deadlines dictate your life instead of taking hold of them yourself Mm. and so for me like I work ahead and I work and I have a job and I have things that I'm a part of but on my Sundays that's my Sabbath that's when I sit down and that's when I I have to meal prep because if I don't then I'm not being structured you know like and and I'll fall into I don't know impulsivity so prioritizing that Sabbath is huge huge and then I think the other thing is finding people and community that you can be vulnerable in and that mm-hmm. you can confide in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the Christian walk, we're told, is in fact not an easy one. We're never told that it's easy. It's not. It is not. <laughs> um, but we are meant to do it together. And this is something that, in full transparency, I am still struggling with, but that the Lord has been so gentle in showing me how good it is. Um, and so... I think finding companions and finding community and actually leaning on one another, praying for one another, having tangible things that you can that you can do for somebody else or that somebody else can do for you is just absolutely huge as well. Mm. So service to one another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have Sabbath. We have the healthy habits. And then um, that is trusted, trusted companions. And taking time for uh, silence and solitude each day. Um, yeah, those are incredibly important foundational things. Yeah. And the important thing to mention about you just right now, you're still busy. Right? I am still busy. Like we can. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing be, a lot. <laughs> right. Just because you're busy doesn't yeah. mean that you're in the grind culture. But the grind no. culture is more of the emotional. It mindset. just doesn't define me anymore. Yes. The, it's not just running. It's not running my life anymore. Yeah. And it's because my identity is in him first. Yeah. And because I, he's opened my eyes into how like I need to care for myself and who he's created me to be mm. and what that person needs that I don't I cannot let it define me anymore. Mm. and as we talk about the grind as you think about the grind this is an emotional mindset it's not that you can't be busy it is as elizabeth said where you place your identity do you put your identity in uh in your performance in what you have or in what other people think about you what drives what you do and who drives how you're being Mm. (laughs) that's the question that we're going to leave you with. Elizabeth, this has been wonderful to sit down again with you. Thank you for your vulnerability and willingness to confront your past and help lead others towards the freedom that you have found in Jesus and his community and your desire that those listening uh, would also find that. Um, We can find a rest in 
our eternal identity that cannot be earned or taken away based on performance, measured by our possessions, or dependent on how people define us. But as you have said, this starts with us prioritizing our emotional, spiritual, and physical awareness. Thanks to you all who are listening. I truly hope you took this time not only to listen to Elizabeth and myself babble, (laughs) but reflect on your own emotions and the character of God in your relationship to the temptations of this world. So please stay tuned for more episodes coming up. And please like, follow, and share this episode with your friends. If you feel led to, also, we're going to leave down in the description below, wherever you are listening, the link to Elizabeth's fund for her upcoming mission trip. Um, We're super excited for that. And Elizabeth, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I love podcasts. This is so (laughs) sick. (laughs) Wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) All right, y'all. Peace. I can't believe you actually did it.